It's me. I'm the neat. Oh no. to the AdCast, the podcast for the study of modern visual culture. Back together again, Soupy, after so long. I'm your ginky host, Renu. <laughs> and it is I, Soup, the other one. The other ginky. <laughs> the other, I don't know about the other ginky. I think I feel a different archetype. I'm not sure what it is at the moment, but I'm sure, I'm sure it's there. The existential crisis. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm um I'm all of the kids in Ava. That's just that's it. Oh, but that means you're precious. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I've been anyway, known I've week, been known to huh? be. Yeah, I've been known to be precious. I mean, yeah, I mean if I don't call you precious all the time then, you know. How will you, I know? How will I know? who will tell me that I'm precious? <laughs> okay. This week at stands for Absolute Territory because we'll be wrapping up spring 2019. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, but before we jump into it, um, what have you been up to? Hey, I've been up to stuff and things a little bit. It's been like forever since we've been on an episode together, and that's Upsetty Spaghetti. Oh yeah, that's that's very true. We ran into some scheduling issues because I had. Because you had you had con stuff, and then I had to go to a con, and then you had to go to a con, and it was just sort of uh, um, <laughs> a big ol' a big ol' sort of nightmare in terms of uh, scheduling. And yeah, you know what? It's just like that sometimes. I think last year also it was a little bit like this uh, around this time period as well. So you know, it's not anything new. And I think last year we just had to take a break because it yes. just didn't work out. So yeah. I'm glad uh I'm glad we at least got episodes out this this year. I'm glad we have friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, friends friends are good, friends are good. I um I kind of wish that the whole episode had been preserved a little bit uh, on my end and not just half of it. But on the other hand, I'm also grateful that I didn't have to edit two and a half hours of that. Yeah, you know, sometimes a short episode works out just fine. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise because I as enthused as I was about some of the stuff that I was talking about in in the episode, an an extra hour of editing is is never fun because an hour of edit an hour of like uncut audio is like two hours of editing oh. at bare minimum. So Ooh. you know, it it is like that. But you know, uh, you you do what you can. But I have been up to some. You know, fun stuff. Some not Big so things. fun stuff. Yeah, big uh, things. Obviously, I talked about this last time, but I graduated and I moved back home. Mostly, we still have the lease on the place that I was staying at for school until August, like the last couple weeks of August. Okay. And there's still some of my stuff there. Like, for instance, I left my second monitor there because I forgot I only had one monitor here, and. I actually have two down there and only one up here because I'm a fool. 
Anyway, <laughs> I I could have easily brought another monitor home, but I didn't because I don't know. I'm bad at things, but I will probably go back down this weekend sometime to to do that and, and okay. bring it back up. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm working off of one monitor, which is actually shockingly inconvenient. I, I I always forget this every time I go back to one monitor, but like not having a whole separate monitor for like Discord to check your notifications is probably good for me, but also really inconvenient because it means if someone's trying to talk to me, I have to, you know, navigate all sorts of things. Like I'm if I'm playing a game, I obviously have to tab out of it, which is surprisingly uh, annoying because like yeah. it can actually kind of wreak havoc on on all your windows for some reason. I don't know why. It yeah. just is like that. Yeah. But yeah, um, I've been, you know, applying to places and doing interviews. Uh, I actually went to one today, which went oh, which went okay. I think okay. it went pretty well. So okay. you know, here's hoping. Here's hoping. Uh, what kind I, of uh, positions are you applying to? I mean, you know, whatever work will accept me. I have a very general sort of degree. I feel like literature is like such a such a versatile degree. I was going to say such a nothing degree, but it's not like nothing. <laughs> it just, you know, there's not a lot of jobs that are literature specific necessarily that yeah. I feel like it's not like a, a big um, field. Like I could, okay. I could look into like publishing stuff and mm -hmm. going into like editing stuff like that. But at the end of the day, um, I'll I'll take what I can get and then see where I go from there. I would like just some job experience so that I can put that, just slap that sucker on my resume if I have to. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if I just have to work that job forever. Capitalism. Sure. I'll work <laughs> till I die. Why not? Or rather, I'll work until the planet dies. Sure. That sounds like <laughs> Whichever fun. comes first, you know. <laughs> yeah. Whichever one comes first, we'll, we'll see. Um... I was thinking that maybe I would not live to see environmental catastrophe, but it looks like I probably will unless I die right now. And that's not happening because I'm fucking invincible. So why are guess... you tempting fate? <laughs> are you trying to tempt fate so that you will die before environmental catastrophe happens? No, because I, I think that's an irresponsible way to live. But I am hoping a little bit to get hit by a truck and go to an alternate universe. But, uh, you know, uh, contingency uh, plan. Your pure isekai dream. <laughs> yeah, right. So that I can um, go into an isekai, be really overpowered, and I can live my nice pastoral fantasy and not have to think about capitalism until I invent it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, I went to go play Northwest, which is a uh, a thing that I have only been to two years in a row now, but it feels like way more because every time I go, it's super, super fun and mm. super nice and emotional and impactful. Oh. I feel like oh. a better person every time I come out of it because oh. I get to see, you know, a lot of my friends that I usually get to hang out with online. And yeah. that's like. A super nice thing always you know i've only ever met you once in the flesh i know what's up with that <laughs> i know you should come you should come over here sometime because you have a job and right now i don't that's true <laughs> so um you know that's uh that's sort of on you at this at this very moment the ball I, is, I, is in your court fine <laughs> yeah uh, I would I would love to show you around and we can hang out and that would be well, super see, fun. I might I might have the funds, but you have the time. 
I do have the time. Yeah, you don't have yeah. the time. Uh, but so you, I should just you get you a ticket money. and you can come over. Right. So I could. Yeah. That that would also work. That would also be uh, a potential thing. But yeah, I. <laughs> I don't know. It so for people that don't know, Go Play Northwest is a tabletop board game sort of convention kind of thing mm-hmm. that takes place in Seattle University. They just rent out the, you know lobby space and they they just put on an event where you you go and you hang out in seattle and i don't know you just play board games and and role-playing games and it's it's super cool it's really nice because it's a a place for if you want to you know bring like a game you've been making and play test it you could do that um you could you could just go and play a card game with your friends for the whole weekend, which is kind of what I did because my friends brought a card game that they brought last year called Xseed, and I became obsessed with it a little bit, I think, <laughs> because I really played way more of that than anything else uh-huh. all weekend. It, it's, uh-huh. it's a card game that is meant to uh, emulate a fighting game, but, you know, on in a card game format. And it's really cool because it's like playing a fighting game, except, you know, I don't have to be good at pressing buttons, which I'm historically quite bad at. Mm, so I feel that. Yeah. Uh, that's super fun. And now I want my own copy. Although the thing that's nice about it is like, it's kind of a low materials game. Like if you have a deck, because, like, there's a bunch of characters, and each of them has their own deck, and you play against each other. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like Yu-Gi-Oh! a little bit, where you mm-hmm. only really need the cards that you need to play, which are your cards. Mm-hmm. And you can just kind of go from there, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, I want to, to own some card sets and to play this game and indoctrinate all my friends into it. That would be fun. Yeah, and we can that, all fight each other with cards, and it'll yeah, be an be, anime. That'd be super fun. You know what? It's on Tabletop Simulator as well, so I could teach you how to play oh, it on yeah, there, there if go. I wanted to drag you to hell with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, I had a really, a really good time because I, I just got to hang out with my friends all weekend, and we went to karaoke, which is now becoming a tradition. We've done it two years in a row, so it's now annual. That's how it works, Aww. and. You know, it's just a really, a really great time. Like, I I don't usually get, you know, overly emotional unless I've been drinking. Um, yeah, I, you would know that. Uh, it's only gotten marginally better since, like, I have gotten more experience with alcohol. But I, um, you know, at the end, at the end of the weekend, I did cry a little bit. And that's not something I do often. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot for that to happen. So it means a lot to me, I think. And I'm definitely going oh. next year. I'm just gonna, definitely going to be super fun. And oh. it's one of my most treasured times of the year now. My baby. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Renu. My actual father. Yes. <laughs> My papa ue. Okay. Your papa ue. <laughs> but speaking of uh, speaking of vacation stuff, I'm also mm-hmm. going on another vacation mm. this week in a couple nice. days. Um, I will be, and I talked about this last year as well. I'll be heading up to a river. I said down last time. It's actually up geographically mm. from where I am, mm-hmm. and that's gonna be nice because uh, I that's 
in contrast to go play, which is like kind of a, a hectic sort of cram as much hangout time with your friends as humanly possible yeah. into like f- three or four days, right? This is I hang out with some people that I've known for like I don't know five, six, seven years at this point, maybe eight. I don't. I don't. Re- I'm not counting any like nine. I think nine, ten. <laughs> Maybe a decade, maybe going. just a whole ass decade. <laughs> and and then we're going to go laze on a river and drink beer and play music. And God, you know, in contrast to go play, it is the most relaxing time of the Aww, year for me. Be a nice wind down. <laughs> you know, there's there's never a time more relaxing than uh, time on, on the river for me. I Aww. have also been playing Grand Blue as expected. Mm hmm. Um, and I was, I just finished explaining this to some people, but the way that, um, Grand Blue works is there's certain things, there are certain things that are very, very grind heavy, even in comparison to all of the grinding you do in the game. Okay. One of which is something called Violet Prisms, which... Mm-hmm is really annoying because while it's a material that comes in most content like passively Mm -hmm. so you kind of accumulate them over time when you start doing some of the grind heavy uh content in the game like unlocking the eternals which are like really powerful characters well you need a a lot of them and you can trade 10 of them in the shop every day but -hmm. if you haven't been playing for you know as long like me you do not have a lot of them, and you have to do a quest to get them, and it drops exactly one per quest, basically, and you need 500, at least. Oh. <laughs> so, um, I'm currently, oh my God. I'm, I'm currently 300 out of 500. Soupy! Uh, and, and, well, okay, but... In, in in all fairness, it's a very easy quest. You can set it on auto and forget it. Um, and it takes like maybe twenty seconds to do. You just have to do it. And so what I've been doing is I've I've just been doing the like I've been settling into the summer routine of just opening Grand Blue and like clicking it so that it goes and then watching stuff on my on the other half of my screen. So But you, know. you have to you have to like activate it every twenty seconds, right? If you're if it takes twenty seconds to complete. I mean, yeah, but like, oh. you know, uh, your brain eventually turns that part of it off. Right. <laughs> so it's not it's not that bad, honestly. Um, it's just going to take time. That's all. And uh, the only reason I'm doing it at this accelerated pace is because I decided I would unlock a character before Guild Wars, which is the um, player versus player uh, grind fest event. And mm-hmm. he would be a useful character to have for that event. So I'm going to grind so that I can grind. So that I can but That is the grind. gotcha game. <laughs> but that's the gotcha game, and that's what I do. And honestly, like, I would kind of be bored without it, to be perfectly f- freaking honest. Like, I'm really bad <laughs> at not having things to do. I I could be Soupy. doing something more productive. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about Gramble anymore. We can't talk about Gramble anymore. What have you been up to? <laughs> Um, let's see. I've been to several conventions since we have last spoken. Uh, yeah, uh, that's evident. Yeah. Yeah, considering I wasn't here. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, 
got to, you know, travel around and kind of take a break from work and all that, which work has been like really busy as of late. Like I have a deadline tomorrow. <laughs> oh, um, yikes. Uh, yeah, so it's it's been crunch time going in on the weekends and all that's fun. <laughs> uh but um other than that, I started playing Judgment, which is so fun. Oh, that's um, the uh that's the the cop version of Yakuza. Yes, it's <laughs> it's the it's the detective version cuz he's not a cop. Oh, he's uh, not a cop, he's a detective. Yeah. yeah, he's he's it's it's literally like if the the Yakuza team decided that they were going to make their own version of the Phoenix Wright games. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I have seen some some caps from that game where they do make objection poses. So that's something, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. Uh it's set in the same city as uh the Yakuza games, so it's set in Kamurocho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh they have like the same like Yakuza uh clans like fighting it out and stuff uh you are like kind of kind of related to them but you're not you know pl- living out your life as a yakuza member you're you're an a lawyer who uh the whole premise is that you start off as a defense attorney and you are one of the rare defense attorneys who actually wins cases in japan yeah, um, right. Because they they make it they they set the background in terms of like yeah you know most ninety nine point nine percent of cases in in Japan end up prosecuted and they you know defense attorneys always lose that kind of thing but you're the one you're the one who wins and so yeah, everyone you're wants Phoenix to hire right. you yeah you're Phoenix right <laughs> and uh, but then uh, it turns out that one of your most uh, more famous cases uh, that you recently won. The uh, person from that, the defendant, he ends up getting arrested for murdering his girlfriend and setting their flat on fire. <gasps> and so your career as a defense attorney is shattered. You decide that you're going to leave the law and you're going to become a detective. Because <laughs> you don't want to defend possible scumbags anymore, you know? So... Uh, you you end up getting embroiled in this uh, serial murder case where uh, people from the Yakuza are turning up dead and they're all from a certain clan and they all have the same MO where they end up being left somewhere and their eyes are gouged out. And so you're in the pursuit of whoever the heck this person could be because he's turning up in all of your cases like like this is just becoming a thing and you can't ignore it. Uh, so it's really interesting. Um, he's definitely a different protagonist than we've seen from like you know Kiryu or you know Majima. Their 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 own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his fighting style is very much grounded in kung fu, which is okay. Super I was awesome. I was gonna ask if he does yeah. fight people. He does fight people. It's still it's still by the same team. <laughs> okay, I, so, I'm just I'm just making sure yeah. that that part is sort of intact. No, you still get like embroiled in random street battles, which makes a lot less sense considering this background. Like you're a detective so guy. Funny. Why do you need to fight street battles? You're not a yakuza thug. Like it kind of makes sense that people would pick fights with Kiyu, but not so much Yagami. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but his fighting style is very cool. It's so nostalgic because I used to take Kung Fu. And so like he, he right now I've only sw- uh, unlocked the tiger style and the crane style. Um, 
And so Tiger style is more used for like solo combat. You fight one-on-one kind of thing with that style because you can break guards and stuff like that. With crane style, it's a lot more like swoopy with the kicks and all that. So that's more if you have like multiple enemies. Um, And uh, the way that they have dressed him and the way that he fights is uh, very, very reminiscent of old school Jackie Chan movies. So he's got like the blue skinny jeans and white tennis shoes and it's so good. <laughs> um, and his whole uh, character model is based off of Kimura Takia. So uh, unfortunately, which is, I guess maybe they couldn't afford him to actually sing in the game you don't have karaoke in this game which <gasps> makes me sad no it breaks my kokoro <laughs> it's like you have an actual singer starring in your game mocap and everything and you couldn't afford him to to sing it's okay he's expensive he's a star <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's a lot of fun so far i'm looking forward to to playing more of it because they do have quite a few different mechanics compared to the usual yakuza fair like you do a lot more tailing missions you do a lot more investigations and hmm. all that kind okay. of stuff and yeah. there's a cat cafe i haven't <gasps> unlocked it yet because uh. i'm only like six or seven hours in but there is a cat cafe you can buy cat food i'm assuming you use it at the cafe and i'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been to a cat cafe now. Not a one in Japan, oh, but really? there is one in Seattle. Oh. Yeah, and then it's really cute because they're all like um like uh sort of uh what what what's what's the word for them? They're like cats that have I do, can you call cats like orphans? I don't there's a word for this, I'm sure. But yeah, they have like, um, I think all of the cats are uh, basically like quote unquote reject cats because they have, um, they've been tested positive for like feline AIDS. Oh. And they like, and they like have them in the, the little like cafe and they, you can adopt them if you want. Oh. And it's really, really cute. So it was a very wholesome experience. It was the middle of the day. So the cats were all really lazy and sleepy, which is to be expected, but you know, um, I got to pet a couple of cats, so I would yeah, say I'm no. pretty happy about it. Yeah. That's um, cute. I want to go yeah. to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Judgment sounds really, really cool. I'm It's fun. Yeah. interested in how that team handles, like, because it is, like, pretty much exactly on, on the other perspective of, like, a Yakuza game. So I am... Mm-hmm curious about how that that is handled because yakuza games are i feel like very like a very specific sort of have yes. a specific feel to them uh it, it I'm, I'm fine with the atmosphere and everything and the way that they're writing the story is quite interesting i uh the the mechanics themselves like the whole like stealth like tailing portion um you can also race drones which is interesting <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah you use but a like drone to collect intel yeah, um, but I mean to be fair, you know, it's Yakuza. Yeah. What, what would a Yakuza game be uh, yeah. without mini games galore? Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to unlocking more. But yeah, it's okay. uh, they're they're kind of clunky, like the stealth portions and stuff like that. Oh, the investigation yeah. portions are are pretty slow. It's kind of like for the investigation, you kind of like look around in first person around a 
like a scene of a crime or something and then you like wait until your cursor like vibrates or hovers or like whatever and you find a clue like that kind of thing it's so it's kind of like in the phoenix right games where you're like they bring up like a photograph and you have to like hover over a certain area and like pick up a spot and then it's like oh that's the clue or whatever it's kind of like that right (laughs) so it's not super interesting and they kind of take a while um so there are things that I think they could iron out and make better, especially because it's not built from the ground up to be like a, t- a detective sleuth action game or whatever. It's it's built to be just a pure action game, like they're, the engine that they're using, right? Because it was mm-hmm. for the Yakuza game. So I'm interested in seeing like how they develop the engine going forward because it's still a pretty, like it's still a great game and it's beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's gorgeous. Like... The city is just always like breathtaking, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good like foray into something new for the studio so mm, far, at least. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see w- more of the game and what more stuff they do with this engine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like um, it sounds a lot like Sleeping Dogs, which I know people yes. have always wanted a sequel to so yes oh my there you god go. there you yes go. sleeping dogs also <laughs> had karaoke sleeping dogs was such a yakuza derivative like mm-hmm. it's so anyway i have a friend that loves sleeping dogs i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him to just binge yakuza um yeah yeah for also sure. yeah completely completely off topic 100 mm-hmm. non sequitur but i've almost certainly edited out all the sounds at this point but my my the family printer is in this room, and I don't think it's ever gonna leave. And it's just just uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> I I hate I hate when it goes. I feel like normally this won't be a problem because who sends like faxes on Saturday when which is the day we normally record. By the way, um, but it's like a Tuesday, so I don't know work hours. I guess. And anyway. Anything else? What else do you go to? Uh, I mean, that's basically it. I I've covered all the stuff that <laughs> I want to talk about. So, <laughs> okay, sure. Let's talk about let's talk about anime. Let's talk yeah, about anime. anime. We kind of finally wrap up the season. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we're not as late as we have been in the past. Um, because yeah. this episode will be going up basically around episode one or two possibly three of of um the summer season and that's just because of the way that the schedule works so you know yeah so i guess i guess we can talk about part five of of jojo's huh i don't know if you finished the anime portion um i didn't because i read the manga and uh i didn't really feel like retreading it immediately so Oh, that's fair. Um, I I have watched, uh, up to I'm all caught up on the anime. Um, okay, I, they, isn't that the last episode? Out uh, now? ish. They they're doing a break right now, but they're gonna resume in at the end of this month. Oh, uh, weird. With hour long episodes, and oh. I guess they're gonna sprint to the finish. Double weird. Okay, what part yeah, does it's, it leave it's off at? Wild. Um, it leaves off of uh well spoiler warning ahead i guess but, uh, we're um, not a spoiler friendly podcast yeah we're not a spoiler friendly podcast uh it's it leaves off where um jojo gets jorno gets the arrow oh he gets um, the arrow and that's it 
Yeah, he gets oh, the arrow. He unlocks shoot. the the ability, um, and then uh, they're like, ah, ah, and then it basically that's it. That's, that's it. At least that's the main significant thing that I remember. <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. Are they gonna do more than one hour long episode, or is it just one? I think it's more than one. Yeah. Really? I feel I, like I, I'm. I'm not sure though. Okay, I mean. <laughs> To be, to be fair, they might they might do some stuff with, with the anime that, like, I don't remember from the manga or mm-hmm. didn't happen in the manga. It would be nice if we got some more epilogue than they give you. Although, to be fair, I would think... I think that the Part 5 epilogue is actually quite good in how succinct it is. Mm. I, I didn't think there was, like, that much more stuff that could happen. Oh. No, hang on. I know why they're doing an hour long. Okay. All right. I, I've got it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand now. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is, continues to be bizarre and an adventure. And JoJo's. It's good. <laughs> There's a seven-page Muda animated, and it's good as hell. It's really satisfying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, any anytime they kind of, like, barrage attack for a long time it feels like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah oh. <laughs> oh yeah but the the muda is is good because the villain um on the receiving end of that is particularly nasty and mm. you know mean <laughs> he if, mean though <laughs> he's mean so he deserves to be mudad for seven pages <laughs> yeah um I, I don't know like i feel like there are some issues that I have with part five in just how not connected it is to any of the other parts. Like it feels, it feels like such a detour part. It is its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, and I'll, I'll spoil this right now about part six. It never comes up again, which is, well, it oh. kind it kind of does, but not really. It's kind of a bummer, okay. honestly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, it's it, it is it is an interesting foray into something different as Araki does. Um, so, I mean, I'm glad that he's always kind of keeping it fresh in his own way. Um, and I think that at least for part five, like there's going to be people who love it and there's going to be people who don't. Um, yeah, that's and true. I think that's fine. Yeah, I think the part it, it, the part itself is is good. I think. Like yeah, I I it's, like it's the part a lot for sure. Yeah. I mean, I obviously would not have sought out the manga to finish the week-to-week stuff that was not airing at the time because <laughs> yeah. I was between weeks. So, like, I obviously enjoyed it. It's mm-hmm. just, I always feel a little disappointed when Giorno never comes up again because I like Giorno. So. Mm, okay. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, that's that's whatever. Anyway. JoJo's. It's still JoJo's, and we should still talk more about JoJo's, because I, in the process of editing, realized that we almost did nothing about talking about JoJo's. Like, we what do scratched, you mean? No, we, we talked for so long, and we scratched so little of the surface of JoJo's Bizarre uh, Adventure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's just because, you know, that's the, that's the nature of it. I think what we should do is we should, do, we should take it part by part. That would be good. Yeah, I think we can... We had our introductory to JoJo's, and then we had, like, a whole episode for part one, part two. We had our overview, and now we can can do part to part. But, you know, that's later down the the pipeline. You know, that's a lot of episodes we can can talk about JoJo's. So, you know. Um, Yeah, I I would say that that part five is is pretty good. Um, The anime was good. 
I think the anime yeah. of JoJo's is consistently pretty good. It is consistently good. I've I've enjoyed the animation quite a lot across the board. The thing is, JoJo's yeah. is interesting because it it intrigues and fascinates me despite having like basically zero fight choreography because it's just like rush attacks where they go what 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 yeah um but i think it's it's just like it just goes to show how much it's not necessarily about that and how it's exactly. much more about yep. all of the weird shit that happens and all the weird stuff yep. that the stands do and yep. also like just the sound design is really like going a long way to make that sound satisfying oh yeah for sure yeah yeah the music choice is also consistently very good and also like <laughs> very weird for a um japanese show because araki is a little bit very weird for a japanese man <laughs> yeah all right let's talk about dororo dororo i assume that you've seen more of this than i have because i haven't continued it from yeah. the last time and you you have yeah. Yeah, I think I'm only uh maybe like 3 or 4 episodes away from okay, the current yeah, update. Yeah. Yeah. I um I didn't get that far. I mm-hmm. I stopped episode like 18, 19, I think, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. It's Okay, first of all, it gets really fucking wild for a show that is already about like killing demons with uh yeah. your sword arms. With your sword arms. With, yeah. With your sword arms because there's there's a part where like uh, a boy is raised by sharks a little bit, I guess. That, and, oh and, he, and he like, <laughs> like he feeds his arms to sh- to sharks so that they listen to him. And now he feeds them people because that's a thing that happens in the show. I guess. I wish I had watched that episode with you because, like, as soon as I saw that shark, I was like, "Oh my god, Sue!" Oh, okay. So like. And, and 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 this is this is by the way I guess broader reaching news about the the whole thing which is that you know because rabbit is is not being maintained anymore and is just yeah. eventually going to you know like old batoto be sort of abandoned at sea to turn into a, a deserted ghost ship and one day <laughs> just succumb to the sands of of time well we've had to resort to some other stuff and there is there are other options, uh, a lot of which are not good, um, yeah. some of which are very specific, some of which yeah. just didn't flat out work for us, like Metastream did not work for us for some reason, we couldn't, we could not get it to show on all of our screens, it was only ever most, and that was weird, um, yeah. we're, we've tried Discord screen share, and that's what we're currently using um, in a group chat that I'm hosting, but that presents the problem of... For some reason, Discord will attenuate, which is um, it will lower the volume of the thing that you're watching. Yeah. When you talk, which yeah. is a problem. And I get why yeah. they do it, but I don't like that there's not an option to fix that. And there's, you know, some stuff that's like weird about like how the servers are hosted. And I think yeah. there's like a workaround where you can get it to play in a server on a bot which we're looking into, or I'm looking into when I have time. And yeah, maybe we can find something that would fix the attenuation that someone else has made that, you know, Discord uh, or it, it, it doesn't look like there's a solution for the attenuation, mm. but I think that the solution will be to have a bot host it, because in that case, 
the oh, bot, in that case, the bot it won't attenuate your volume. Yeah. yeah, the bot doesn't talk. So okay. Anyway, um, okay. who knows? We'll we'll look into this because it's kind of a giant pain that Rabbit is like the only one that just sort of worked mostly, and now it doesn't. But yeah. Oh well. What can you do? What can you do? Uh, kind of a bummer, honestly. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so we watched a little bit of Doro. I was going to watch the last couple episodes. Like, I was going to binge the rest of it. Except it's hosted on Amazon Prime video. And today, the day that we are recording, is the second day of Prime Day. A.K.A. the second day of the worker strike in... Boy, I can't remember the state, but I think it starts with an M. Minnesota? Michigan? One of there's there's a strike going on basically in the Amazon factories because you know Jeff Bezos, richer than God, for some reason doesn't want to share his money with anybody and pay people a living wage and make them work in conditions that don't involve peeing in water bottles so that you don't get fired from your job. Uh... Capitalism bad. Jeff Bezos, eat your goddamn heart out. I did not watch the rest of Dororo because it was hosted on Amazon Prime. So I'm just gonna come out and say that. Uh, but I mean, it's a small show of solidarity. There's a uh, fund for the like organization that organized the strike that you can donate to. I'll definitely put a link to that as well, so that you can help tangibly in other ways other than not doing something, which you know has historically been eh, like a maybe like a twenty percent chance of anyone caring on when they have power. <laughs> Turns out, when you have power, you don't give a shit about most things. <laughs> Uh, that's depressing um anyway about dororo uh-huh. <laughs> about dororo and not about late stage capitalism ruining everything in this country yeah it said it's a samurai who yeah it's a samurai Dororo's and corrupt country. power and officials yeah. and ah crap it's all the same yeah. i'm just ki- i'm just kidding i'm just kidding okay so in in sort of concrete detail about the show itself i think it actually takes a dip in quality in the middle Oh, it for sure does. And I, I'm not sure why uh, there might be reasons surrounding, like, mm-hmm. working conditions. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, labor unions, you could, you know, maybe do a little bit of help in, in making uh, anime a uh, not terrible hell pit to work in. And, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, not late stage capitalism. Oh, geez. That's just so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that the story is progressing. Yeah, me too. I wasn't sure. When it started dipping, I was like, oh dear. <laughs> but then it picked back up with Shark Boy and all that jazz. Yeah, and that's that's fucking wild. But like <laughs> I think the story stays pretty consistently good, even yeah. if the animation takes a little bit of a dip. Honestly, I don't yeah. care that much. As long as the story it, itself is is maintained, then I'm fine. You know, I I do think it's a, it's disappointing. You know, when the uh, fight scenes take a hit because it's kind of like you know One Punch Man, where it's like it's really freaking cool to watch a dude with two sword arms slice things up. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can definitely tell what's at the beginning of the season, or uh, yeah. at the, what's at the beginning of the work pipeline, and what's at the later end of it because yeah there's just like basically zero choreography that happens in the latter part which is again yeah. a disappointment but like you know i also don't super mind it 
I guess if it means that like people aren't being worked to death as animation is known to do. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen, I care about the way that it's made as just as much as I mean, of course, yeah. I'm, I'm, it. I'm. Not, I don't know what's going on on their end, but I do hope that the people there are being treated right, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if you're if you're into the, like the the conceit of the show, like the mm-hmm. supernatural samurai um, sort of like travel narrative, yeah, it's still pretty good. Honestly, I would definitely recommend yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So next, uh, speaking of, uh, let's talk about One Punch Man season two. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I would say. Pretty good. Pretty good. I um, I I was you know it's it's again it is it is like kind of like Doro. It had a dip in animation quality, but unlike Doro, it's because it switched hands <laughs> yeah and like um, not, not just about. hands all of the hands like the director of the, the animation s- studio yeah. the staff yeah yeah <laughs> i mean as far as it goes i i liked season two of one punch man like as soon as i was able to um temper my expectations coming off of season one season two ended up being like really enjoyable so oh. Okay, there you go. Yeah. You know, you just it's, have to it's like, not like, you know, right. You have to temper your expectations and know that it's obviously not going to be season one uh, and know that like the story is obviously still there and mm-hmm. the staff does care about the story. It's not. Yeah. You know, right. If, if it doesn't look as good as season one, it's not because they don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so they do yeah. treat the characters with with a decent amount of respect and, and all that. Like, like, uh. I, I don't think that they did a bad job. I, I mean, it was going to be hard no matter what. They they were never going to measure up to, I don't think, like, in the same way as, as what season one is because they're different, you know? Yeah, it's it's a different it's a different studio with different talent. Yeah. Like, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to look to, and the, di- the directing too. Like, when you switch directors, that's probably, like, one of the biggest things you can do yeah. to an anime. Yeah. So mm-hmm. definitely not as, like, as dynamic as season one was, which was, you know, obviously like an absolute joy to watch, but season two is still good. And like, I think it benefits a lot from still being one punch man. Like it, it, because it's carried so hard by like the characters and the world and the story. It's like, they picked a, they like, um, it's a, God, I have some complicated feelings about it because I think they, on one hand, I would have loved to see Madhouse take on this arc because mm-hmm. Garo is such a cool villain to have. He's a great antagonist. Oh my goodness. But I think it also works with with what JC staff did. Like I think Yeah. I think visually they they did their best given yes. the circumstances and and they did admirably. Obviously yeah. not as good, but like you know, it's just going to be different. They put a lot of money yeah. into that that CG centipede. <laughs> Put Dude, a lot, that CG lot of money centipede in that centipede. Was so much. <laughs> it, it looked really good, but it, it felt was, like, like that shocking. was. But it, was, I, it felt like that was the best looking thing in the season, which was right. kind of interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I will say, like, I think on some level, it does go back to the roots of One Punch Man of 
it was never necessarily carried by the art anyway, so... Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I feel that, too. Um, and I do think that they actually got better as the season progressed, which oh, I don't yeah, know yeah, how their yeah. development cycle went, but the fights towards the end were much better than the ones that we started out with. Oh, yeah, they um, were definitely, like... At the at the beginning of season two, I wanted to like yeah. it a lot more than I ended up liking it. But by the right. by the end of it, yeah. the like quality of it had gone up and my expectations yeah. had gone down. So it really evened out to an enjoyable <laughs> experience. Yeah. Um, uh, which I'm interested in seeing because I'm sure that they'll make a season three. I wonder who will pick it up if Madhouse will be free by then or right. if they'll have to rely on another studio or if it'll be JC staff again. I don't know. That would be, be that's, a, that's a very interesting question. Yeah. yeah. I I honestly think like having JC staff do season three would not be the the worst thing. And it's, I don't know, probably likely, honestly. Uh, if for mm. no other reason than just it seems like the the staff was like free and willing to do it, so they did. Mm. Uh, I would like to see Madhouse do season three, just because um, the climax of the Garo arc is probably going to be That's good. That's what I want. That's I I want to see the climax of the Garo arc in their hands. I understand Mine, if they aren't able to take it on, but it would be really cool. <laughs> mind you, because of uh. Murata's adaptation of One Punch Man only being so far, it, it's still going. That's true. Uh, they wouldn't be able to base it off of Murata's artwork because yeah. he hasn't gotten up to that point yet. Which is mm. which is funny because actually that was a complaint of season one, which is that some of the shots in season one, like some of the directing, wasn't even as good as the manga panels that like proceeded. Right. Which is like, yeah. okay, yeah, but Yusuke Murata is like, a god amongst mangaka who who knows where this man crawled out from to create but he is on a level that like is just beyond whatever yeah it's it's weird he's weird <laughs> anyway um yeah it's it surprisingly good the character is good voice acting great sound design really good actually the sound design was fantastic mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in a lot of ways, it it did remind me about of JoJo's in the fight scenes, <laughs> where like it's just it just kind of comes down to like, this is my attack. Now this is your attack. Now this is my attack. Right? Yeah, a lot of tradesies. <laughs> but you know, I I didn't hate it, and it was good, and the story I like. I'm I don't know. I just really want to see the end of the Gara arc at this point. So like, me too. Whoever whoever handles it, like go for it um do it i don't know how it ends but i'm pretty sure it's over in the original web comic and i think one is starting one punch man up again since i think he ended mob psycho so he did yeah um <laughs> anyway yeah one one punch season man one punch man what, what? <laughs> what are the words that just came out of my mouth just now what what was that Sorry, let me try season man. <laughs> let me try that again. One Punch Man season two was pretty good. Fantastic. Let's move on. <laughs> so next we have the Furuba remake, Fruits Basket 2019. And I Hell love yeah. it. <laughs> I was a little worried, but it turned out amazing and I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's really good. It's so good. Oh my god. It's it's of course like the story of Fruits Basket itself is is just good, right? Like like the yeah. art was always like kind of like that 
I mean, it's fine because it's, you know, very reminiscent of that era. Yeah, it's it's very of the time. Of the time, right? But it was always about the story. And I think the anime studio, like, they they handled it, like, so well. Like, so, so faithful and so good. Like, I... Oh my god! I'm getting I get, I experienced all of the emotions all over again from when I read it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god! I've so I've never read it, right? Yeah. But I have watched. Yeah. I watched the anime a long time ago. Right. Same. Yeah. Um, but it it's really good, and I yeah. kind of forgot how heavy it is sometimes. Right. Like it gets really dark, and I'm like, yeah. oh shit! I did not understand this as a kid, but holy, that's wow that's a lot um it's very clean i'll I'll say like the adaptation is very very clean i think it's safe like they didn't take any risks with it no yeah but it's good enough to be something that stands on its own without needing to right i think they would they just wanted a faithful adaptation with uh with a more you know faithful look to the original manga because artwork mm-hmm. um but also like with modern day like animation quality right oh um, yeah oh yeah so it's 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 wonderful seeing like all of these old nostalgic tropes but with today's animation quality <laughs> it's it's actually really nice yeah, yeah. i agree <laughs> it's um it, it it on one hand i have to like contend with the sort of uh violent recollection it gives me of like 2008 every time i watch it but on the other <laughs> hand you know it reminds me why i like that time and stuff yeah. from that era yeah. and it's it's really charming still and it's a lot gayer than i remember it being even <laughs> which is surprising um like actually surprising to me because like it feels uh, god maybe maybe it just feels like we haven't moved forward in terms of uh anything like that but like i i you can definitely read it as a metaphorically queer story which is like really mm-hmm. cool like yeah i i didn't realize that when i was like you know 12 or 11 right but as as a as a you know young adult now who is like sort of keyed into that i can see now it's like oh like these are these are people that you know live in kind of a um like a very very traditional very uh restrictive lifestyle because they are in very complicated circumstances due to the circumstances of their birth oftentimes with their parents like not accepting them and like rejecting mm-hmm. them or being overly mm-hmm. protective of them which is another another dimension mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and all of them are how should i say this not like very coy about the ways that they like confess to each other um so yeah uh it's very <laughs> yeah. gay i like, i love it because it's 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 such a great expression of, of or exploration of these characters like feelings versus like trying to push some kind of like hard agenda, right? I feel like uh, sometimes shoujo's and shonen's tend to fall in, into these like these these traps, these uh, trappings yeah. of like I have to make sure that my character is as straight as possible or oh you know my something God. like that, right? And yeah. and this show is is less about like enforcing all of these 
stereotypes or whatever and just is more about like oh this character feels this certain way about this character and you can interpret it as you, as you will but they're very close and you know what that's fine well, <laughs> like what, it doesn't have to give you all these hard answers about oh i'm in love with the, uh, right you know, whatever. What, what i really like about it is that it is like a lot of the times the feelings that they're expressing are really vague but like mm-hmm. in a way that's not like queer baity i guess i could say like right, it doesn't feel yes. like it's in a way where um it's for the plausible deniability so right. much as it's it's actually expressing how vague an emotion love can be like yes i super love the fact that the the feelings that these characters feel for each other um and they're like very complicated and dynamic and they change yes. all the time but yes. they're like they're very fluid and and they're not like very hard to define you know it it is about love it's about wanting to date somebody but also just like wanting to be someone's family or their friend or wanting just to spend time with somebody and be around them for a long time and not necessarily in a romantic way but in a way that could be perceived as like Right. It's mm-hmm. very like the love is is very free flowing in this show, which I'm really about. Mm-hmm. And I like that mm-hmm. it's not so hard and forced about what kind of love it is. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I really like Fruits Basket. It's super good. Like, honestly, everyone should watch Fruits Basket. It might not be your cup of yeah. tea. And if it's not, yeah. you don't have to watch it. But like, boy, this is a pillar of um a pillar of shoujo. For a reason, it is yes gold standard right there. Yep. Yeah. All right, now do Oran. Do Oran. <laughs> make, make one, but Oran. Please, we're missing an entire second half of the manga. <laughs> Listen, okay, the I actually read. Form. I actually read the manga for Oran High School Host Club. Yep. And I really want an anime. I really adaptation. want the rest of it animated so badly. <laughs> because it go, it gets pretty wild, especially it's in the so epilogue. <laughs> Yes, oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, Fruits Basket. We, yeah. we both love it. It's super charming still, and it's super good. It, it is. It has I, aged I like it has aged like a fine wine. <laughs> I think if you're tired of certain types of shows that you feel like it's getting kind of samey, then Fruits Basket is definitely worth a revisit. Like surprisingly, you you I mean you would think that it would be like super cliche tropey whatever and you'd be tired of it because of that but it's more like it's 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 somehow maintains to be like maintains its own thing and i think that's what makes it such a classic is Mm -hmm. that it's still original despite however many like oh this i feel like i've seen this a million times in other anime but it does it feels like it's it was like the original kind of thing (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's super good and yes I don't know. You should just watch it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about Kimetsu no Yaiba. Super shonen awesome. I, <laughs> the opposite of Ruba. <laughs> I fucking love this show. It's really, really great. Holy crap. <laughs> it is so good. Yeah. Like I, shocking, like like I don't think our standards, like our expectations, were super high for this show, and so when we started watching it, it kind of like blew them out of the water. And then 
on top of that, it kind of capitalized on that and just kept getting better. <laughs> yeah, it's there's a lot of things about and like there's a lot of things to unpack about this show. And I've yeah. read the manga also, so uh, I'm not going to talk too far into the manga, but we will talk okay. about the anime that we pre- yes. we have been presented with. I yes. think that it's very, very well done, especially yeah. for a shonen, for an yeah. adaptation of a shonen. Yeah. Uh, having read the manga, it's also really good, but the anime is a, a like really good adaptation of it. You know, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily a one for one. It's definitely adapting it to anime. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's UFO table, so it looks fucking gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The the effects on the swords that are, like, really hella 2D in, like, the sort of pseudo 3D space is really cool. It's so cool to see. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it has a very strong style to it that is... Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And the pace of it is blistering yeah it's so it goes so fast that you literally watch like half of the episode and then you realize oh that was the whole episode (laughs) (laughs) and and by the way the manga also goes that fast and it's almost too fast but it's like just just enough that it feels really engaging Mm. I think in a lot of ways, it's like all of the strengths of Black Clover, but it is better, I in my opinion, because it is, um, it doesn't feel as much like a traditional shonen, even though it really relies on traditional shonen uh, conventions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it has its own thing going on, which I am super interested in. Like, why does it feel yeah like a yeah. fresh take on it? Right. the The entire vibe of it is super different, and yes, and like I I think that part of it is that first of all, there's just no like there's no like fat to it. Like all the fat is trimmed off. Any time yeah. that is spent like training or resting is basically alighted over. Right. Yeah. Like, there is about half an episode, I think, where he spends, like, training, or, like, an an episode or two where he spends training, and then two years goes by. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's two years later. Whoa, okay. Uh-huh. And whenever they're resting for a couple months, like, they'll, they'll skip some time. That that happened in, like, the, the latest episode. And I don't know. It It's really refreshing because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mess around, really, with Mm -hmm. any of the stuff that it it doesn't need to i think it builds character when it needs to and like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be completely honest i'm really 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 shocked at how emotionally engaged i am with the show which is really rare for shonens even really good ones right unless i've been watching for hundreds of episodes at that point right but like i actually care about this fucking orphan kid and his family that died and they don't like stop bringing it up because it isn't convenient anymore like they keep bringing it up and you're reminded oh shit this is kind of heavy actually huh yeah and they 
I don't know. They do such like it, they. The writing is so good. I I think because it, yeah, I I think it's so good. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make it seem like oh it, it's there to like make you sympathize with the protagonist. It's it's there because it's like whenever he's reminded of it, it's because or whenever you see it, it's because he sees something really specific that reminds him of his, of his circumstances. Yeah, right. I I yeah. think the intercutting is is really good. You know what I think it yeah. is. This is mm-hmm. my personal theory about it. Where mm-hmm. having read the manga, I think this holds true. Where mm-hmm. it uh, a lot of a lot of battles shown in manga get to a point where you know you're ostensibly defeating like an evil bad guy because he's doing bad things, mm-hmm. and you know you kind of lose sight of of the the core premise. I guess you could say like Naruto is obviously like this, and Bleach is obviously like this. One Piece is not like this, but only because the premise is so wide and open and malleable, mm-hmm. and he never loses sight of it, which is one of the reasons One Piece is so successful. But, like, I think the thing about Kimetsu no Yaiba that's really compelling is that it's it starts out from this core premise of, you know, this terrible tragedy that happens, but also... It's very like humanistic. Like it, it never forgets that de- all demons started out as humans, and mm-hmm. it will remind you every time one dies that this was a person. Yes. And you, when you meet the antagonist, at, like pretty early on, the main antagonist, and you see like kind of how he operates, it makes you really upset and and, Im- mm-hmm. and immediately sort of riled up because mm-hmm. he's like obviously doing this to people that are uh, unwilling and they become demons and they can't you know control themselves and they yep. eat people and it, like yep. it's like it's a really interesting take on this sort of like vampire um army mentality of like <laughs> ah yes i'm gonna make a vampire army usually you right. don't because usually when the vampires meet the protagonist they are exterminated and that's it right you don't get any yeah. more detail than that and kimetsu no yaba it, it, it's like you said they they always show like a little bit like just just enough of the backstory of the demon to for you to know like what happened to them and and why they ended up as a demon and right it's sad i i also tragic. think it's it's an attitude towards um how the characters interact with the demons as well because mm-hmm. yeah. like i think it's pretty easy to have like ah yes this guy is a bad guy because right. people didn't like him and you know his mom is dead or whatever right right and it, it can so easily veer into like like i mean i don't really care about this do i right it's i i love it too because it's like it speaks to what kind of why the author like framed it in terms of this is why this is the main character because it's not because he can you know fight and use a sword well it's because he's in a unique position where he can empathize with demons because his sister's a demon and he's trying to save her and she's the only member of his family who's left and he's trying so hard to save not just her but other demons as well and other people from becoming demons um and so that's what the even despite all the flashy you know fight scenes or whatever ultimately the fight is going to be about this kind of ideology for him yeah yeah, yeah. and and they like it, that never stops either right like they yeah. have that moment where um the the orange boy is like you you like you're like i protected this even though i knew that you're keeping a demon in here 
because yeah. like you're like the kindest person I've ever met. Right. And like yeah. that it carries so much weight to like this battle manga for the core mm-hmm. premise to be kind to other people. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of wild. It's so great though. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. It's boy, it's so it's so good. And I I think the mangaka is female too is what I've heard. I'm I don't I don't have like Yeah, hard that's proof that's what I've that. heard as well. Mm-hmm. But um that that's what I've heard and Honestly, like I could not be happier about that. Like I am here cl- for that. It's clearly <laughs> like she's bringing something that you know all these yes. dudes have not, and successful that's, shonen jump author who is also female. <laughs> and that's kind of fucking awesome. Yeah, because Kimetsu no Yaiba is like so good. Yes, like every part of it is so good. And like you know, talking about the anime adaptation, it's adapted so well. Yeah. All the sword fights are oh they're so they're so good to watch and yeah. all the visual effects are really good the sound is obviously fan fucking tastic. Mhm. Yeah, every every part of it is is just so 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 good. I, yeah, and I think their use of CG actually served them well. You okay, know? yeah. It Every is not now the... and then it would be like bird, but like otherwise. Oh, hey, look at that bird. <laughs> otherwise, it'd be like oh, rotating room makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of some of the CG you can tell it's CG, but it's not the worst it could be for sure. Yeah, exactly. Could be worse. Definitely could be worse. Uh, thanks, UFO Table, for doing CG. Okay, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. I've I it's been so long since I've been so engaged with a, a a manga like honestly since the last time I read you know My Hero Academia into um the later chapters and a little bit in mm-hmm. the beginning when um when he's just like you can be a hero and he's like crying uh, that gets me that gets me <laughs> um and then the um the later arcs with uh well, I'm not going to talk about that because that's not animated yet. But yeah, how dare you spoil me? But let's just say, let's just say, I I had a big feels moment um, <gasps> in in the coming arc. But yeah, Kimetsu oh, no Yaiba. Boy. Holy shit! It's so it's like <laughs> honestly as as good as Sarazanmai is as like something that uh, we're going to talk about next and has become one of my favorite th- things just sort of ever. <laughs> it is on par with that like it approaches its story so differently but it's it's so good like yeah. it's every part of it is so good yeah anyway um i recommend it <laughs> i recommend it i would not be opposed to doing an entire episode about kimetsu no yaiba because i think it's fantastic <laughs> like if you like shonen fucking watch it if yeah. If you are tired of the shonen that you've been watching, definitely watch it. Yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna watch something that is like shonen battle manga, but you know they kind of always remember the core premise of it, definitely watch it. Yeah. Alrighty. So next we have, as you mentioned, Sara Zanmai. Sara Zanmai. <laughs> This stupidly beautiful show. Oh, I love this show. They 
went places with the story <laughs> and oh, yeah. now i'm stupidly mm-hmm. upset at the story being nice too <laughs> it was so good uh... <laughs> i i think that this this show deserves its own episode but we will definitely talk about it here um and we're not going to hold things back just because we might do an episode on it in in the future yeah. but it is so spoils 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 for sure <laughs> It's mm-hmm. really intense, uh, to say the least. Boy, like, you think that you are, like, you, like there's the weirdness from, like, episode one, and you're like, okay, this is gonna be one of those shows that's just weird to be weird, but it's pretty, so watch it, I guess. But then the plot really opens up by episode three, and it's like... Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It's... It gets even wilder. It just and then it just spirals from there. Like my goodness. Yep. <laughs> I I enjoyed the structure of it a lot because it for yeah. the first half is like monster of the week, and then for the second half it goes completely off the rails. Yeah, like wow. The like I feel like the pace like jumps quite a bit. Um, I think so too, and I think that's completely intentional. Yeah, it's intentional and and cuz like they're ramping up for like the climax which is like super bonkers and uh <laughs> Yep. Uh also the the voice actor for Kiryu is in it. So, you know. <laughs> who does Wait, okay, who does he voice? He voices uh the 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 doctor guy, the little doctor animal. I forget. Oh, the otter? The otter. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Uso. <laughs> Uso. <laughs> okay. All right. So, yeah. Sarasan Mai, if you yeah. don't know, and if you, I guess, didn't listen to our episode about the start of Spring 2019, which is entirely possible and fair and valid, mm-hmm. is about three boys who become Kappas to mm-hmm. stop Kappa zombie crimes. Which are things mm-hmm. that affect the city in sort of a metaphysical way, but also in a physical way. And yeah. they have to do it by taking the desire orb in the butthole of the monster and then consuming it so that they can give it to the Kappa Prince of the Kappa Kingdom. Um, so the premise is super weird, but it's, you know, it's weird because it's also about like, love and queer stuff and relationships and society we live in a society did you know that Uh (laughs) (laughs) thank you yep Mm -hmm. so if you if you don't know uh because you didn't listen to our episode or if you have forgotten the director of sarazan mai is the director of um utena and uh yurikuma arashi and mawaru penguin drum which are very weird. They're all really, really weird. And they're all metaphors for queerness, basically. A little bit. Uh, um, they're A little bit or a lot of it. <laughs> a little bit or a lot of it. Usually it's about, like, um, something, some, some like, transgressive feature of, of society, um, which oftentimes is queerness, because, you know, Japan, and also America, and also kind of the world, because... Fuck it. I don't know. Colonialism? I think? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so Sarazan Mai is one beautifully animated all the way through. Mm-hmm. Two 
written very, 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 very well all the way through. Three, I think the pacing ramps up in a really good way because it sets a rhythm for you to watch and then breaks it so yeah. that you get all disjumbled and feel disjointed like all the characters do, which yeah. I think is great. Yeah. I love all of the, like, weird shit that happens in it because it's super <laughs> metaphorical and metaphysical <laughs> and it gets it's, really it's, weird. It's uncomfortable initially because it's so wildly different than... Yeah, you know, yeah. And also, like, kids, but... Uh, right. Once you... uh because we are the way that we are in terms of being humans, we eventually get desensitized to certain things, no matter how weird it is. Uh, visually, like like they start repeating like sequences and stuff like that. So you're like, okay, I'm I'm kind of, you know, I'm not as disturbed by the boys changing into kappas and that whole process. Then that's when uh, the plot starts like getting yeah, deeper, yep. mm -hmm. and then <laughs> and then it breaks the entire rhythm of it, right? Yeah. So it's compelling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really engaging, and the God, just like the entire arc of it is is really good. Like the mm -hmm. way that all of the boys at the start are carrying boxes. Like I bet yes. you forgot that was a thing. And then yes. by the end of the series, they don't carry the boxes anymore because what they're yes. carrying is is their baggage, like their emotional baggage. And once they start sharing it with the other boys, it's yeah. it becomes like something they don't have to carry around anymore in that yeah. same way. And like so it's it, it is about like memory and it's about like relationships and society. We live in one. But it's also about being gay. <laughs> a lot like really gay <laughs> okay so the whole thing about the show and i read a great article about this that i will link because uh i don't want to take credit for ideas that are not mine i do agree with him though where um it is a it's a show about desire and love right that was that's the kind of yeah. central question of of the the otter sort of kappa dichotomy where like yeah. the otters are desire and and they kind of manifest um in in as a metaphysical construct literally in a way that is like just a shadowy government uh figure government quote unquote mm -hmm. um and the the enemy of the show the antagonist is ostensibly desire but it's never that easy like it's never that simple where it's clear that you have to have desire and love in equal measure um and they have to be balanced with each other because you know the desire is 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 basically uh so how it works in the show is you get turned into a kappa zombie because the the cops the two cops the two gay cops who were actually gay lover cap in the kappa kingdom gay lovers in the kappa kingdom before the fall of the Kappa Kingdom that came <laughs> under attack by the Otter Empire um, <laughs> sort of upset the whole thing. And then they got turned to the other side because uh, one of them died and then was brought back to life by the Otters. Uh, anyway, it's it's when your desire goes out of control and when there's no healthy outlet for it and when you, um, you become a Kappa zombie, basically, because mm -hmm. all of the, the Kappa zombies in the first half are basically people that have what are i mean we could we can call them like fetishes they have like fetishes of a certain kind 
but because there's no way for them to sort of express it in a healthy way because they're you know alone and they have no connections with anybody because making connections mm-hmm. is hard we live in a society it's <laughs> they manifest in in twisted ways and in sometimes like really bizarre ways like the guy who's like shaving cats because he wants to be a cat because yeah <laughs> he just wants to be like pet so like you can see the the pipeline from you know harmless desire to having no outlet for that desire to it becoming something twisted and it comes around at the end when it turns out that it's also the case for the the kappa boys that love each other where their desire also gets twisted into something because of i mean societal constraints right because of the way that society views it and and twists it and and takes away any possible way for them to to express it in in a healthy way and yeah like god that's so good yeah (laughs) it's it's written so well and the metaphor works so so powerfully and like basically the the characters can't connect with each other the the two the two gay kappas um because one loves the other or they both love each other but one of them gets brought back to life with a mechanical heart uh created by the otters but if he expresses his love for the other one he will die and explode which is bad it's like a fairy tale so yeah it's very much like this fairy tale where their their desires cannot you know meet each other and it mm-hmm. it, it it sort of manifests in very like a, a very toxic relationship dynamic mm-hmm. and and yet they can't like you know get away from each other but at the end of this the show they come back like they sacrifice themselves but they get to come back and that's like so important because one of the most like amazing things about the show is mm-hmm. is this presenting of like and in many ways this is kind of like a um like a sort of Ava thing where like you know to exist to live in a society <laughs> and I keep saying it but it's like it's kind of true that Ava is like a hundred percent about living in a society. Yes, it um, is. That's what Shinji's all about—is him r- trying to live in society. Right, but it's like um, living in a society requires making connections, and that is yes. a process that is not easy. It's hard, and it hurts, and yes. you will hurt people. Yeah, but like it's it's all. It also doesn't need to be that hard. And it's made harder by people who will repress those those desires um, mm-hmm. societally. But also, mm-hmm. it imagines a future that is brighter for people who are able to make connections. And mm-hmm. I, like in many ways, that's why the the main characters of the show are these like fourteen year old boys because they represent a sort of like open future. You know, the, their whole lives are right. ahead of them. Yeah. But for the adult cops. They they too also get to embrace a new future once they embrace their feelings and their desires and their love for each other yeah. because they're super gay. <laughs> Very. <laughs> like the fact that they get to live after all of that is um incredible and yeah. different from many shows which will just kill them and leave them dead yeah, to make a point because, which sucks you know. and you got to stop doing it. Like there's yeah. so many to stop it. Yeah, the fact that I was disappointed when they died, and then fucking ecstatic when they came back, 
And then they have this sequence where they show the boys these this like potential future where they like fall out with each other and like like um the one with the glasses confesses his feelings and they just like kind of don't match and they don't align but that's just one possible future and that there's more and that you can always work on your relationships to to do more with them and and to make them work and ah everything about it is so good (laughs) holy shit like it is it is largely about transgressive ideas and desires and you know sort of socially um taboo desires and the way that that can get twisted yeah but it also shows how intimately that's tied up with being queer in societies Mm -hmm. that are repressive of that and and it imagines a a future in which that doesn't have to be the case and that we can express it in a healthy way and so it manages to be really gay in a way where like they don't necessarily have to become boyfriends and kiss all yes. the time to show us that they're boyfriends as much as that would be good because we also don't have a lot of that but it's like it's explicitly queer in a way that isn't coy but also isn't queerness as expressed only through boys kissing right so i don't know i i really appreciate it on my and i i thought it was like Probably the best thing that came out this season, although Kimetsu no Yaiba is a very strong contender. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a little upset at how much I ended up really loving this show by the end. <laughs> yeah, and it's only eleven episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's paced perfectly. <laughs> like I'm I'm really glad that we ended up watching it for the podcast because i feel like i would have missed out on something really great if i had judged it from face value like even despite loving how visually it looked like from the story standpoint like judging the story based on face value i i think i would have been sorely sorely disappointed and at at what i would have missed uh because it does like go so so deep on the social commentary and but also like like just like human emotional exploration and uh i'm i'm really glad that we watched it like i i feel like anyone who drops it after like one or two episodes is already missing out right because it goes yeah. so so much further than that like mm-hmm. that's just like like it is it's it's just one to two episodes that's only like barely scratching the surface of how deep the story goes yeah i i think that like the thing about it is that there is an amount of uh social commentary that you can do yeah until it feels like kind of bad and not good right it's kind of contrived and forced and like but i think that the 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 reason it's so good is because all of the themes and commentary and uh you know character writing and and all that stuff is the show it it, like it is it's not in a way where it feels trivial because I think it's so easy to have a very like shallow message about, well, we should, you know, hold hands and connect with each other because that makes us better and stronger. Right. Right. It it actually goes the lengths to show you that it means that and how to do that. And like, it actually says something of value in a way that's not trite. And that Mm -hmm. is like, I don't know if it's like 
like anime has a pretty long history and a lot of really good shows and i'm not gonna dismiss the whole genre but i think in a lot of ways a lot of shows are very much like video games in that they don't necessarily engage with their themes in a way that is productive um yeah i i guess i would i would i would say like obviously there are many 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 shows that do a lot of them yeah. directed by this one person. <laughs> yeah. But I think on the whole, it's it's kind of easy to be safe with anime. Right. Because I think, I think Sarazanmai is a show that could only come out in 2019 um, in the history of anime. But at the same time, you know, it feels like it's still being transgressive and, and kind of like, I don't know. It feels like it's not the safest anime. It's not. Which by all means. I yeah. kind of I kind of like that they're they're taking some some risks with the themes. Yeah, like, for sure. I just love that they're willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I And I think they told a good story as a result. I, I think so too. I, I think the most compelling stories tend to be like really specific ones. Like I think despite the the message of Sarazan Mai being sort of on a societal level, it it come it approaches it from a very personal place. And I think that makes it something that is like really watchable for a lot of people. I think it, it's really engaging. Right. Because you you yeah. start to see that perspective instead of seeing like the preaching message basically. Like Yes. It's, it's very easy for a show to say like, well, you know, being mean is bad. <laughs> but it's a lot harder for a show to like actually go the lengths to show you like a, sort of an individual perspective on it. And yeah, and it, have it, that, it, it, yeah, yeah, it, it does that wonderfully in terms of like it, it'll show you like the symptom and then it'll deep dive into what the cause is. Right. It's like, right. Yeah. Why, this person's such a weirdo. And we're like, this person's a pervert. It's like, okay, but why though? <laughs> like, right, exactly. Like, what happened to this person? Or is there, is there a specific cause? Or maybe there was an incident. Like, like it, it does so well. And I love that, that it does this is because its theme is about desire and how that connects to you to your identity and, uh, how it explores that from so many different angles uh, with these boys, but also like with the characters that surround them, and yeah, it brings it up time and time again to the point that you're like, oh yeah, it makes sense that this character wants this thing because of this, you know, reason. Like it, it just follows mm -hmm. so well. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. you know, what there's um there's also like an element of it where I really like that it is like a yokai sort of story. Like it's very much a um, and I've I've definitely talked about this before where I think that a lot of Japanese fantasy stories tend to be about a world that is um, another world that's kind of interacting with uh, the, the present one. Mm -hmm. um, where it's like a layer of fantasy over um, a layer of like modernity. Uh, they're called Ikai stories, which I don't remember the translation for right now, but they're different from Isekai, which is uh, another world. Ikai is like a world of supernatural sort of layered over the, the current world. Anyway. Right. Uh, but I think there's a lot of, of stuff that is like really good. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's really interesting about that, that boundary because it's mm -hmm. like the crossing of the boundary 
and how they the kind of like things flow from one world to another right mm. where you know the boys go in and they solve the monster of the week problem by you know beating the kappa zombie with a cool song about connecting and then they have a mm-hmm. moment where their memories bleed into each other and they have to they're forced to empathize with each other basically yeah and then they come back and they change as people mm-hmm. right like there's a metaphorical journey from becoming human to becoming a kappa where like as as a kappa you're sort of um everything is a little bit more wibbly wobbly and like open to change and like yeah uh the fact that they both metaphorically and actually change as characters like that that arc is really nice and really mapped out to how they move between these two worlds anyway i think that's really interesting very cool i love sarazanmai yeah (laughs) okay now tell me about the thing that you watched uh, I watched Baseball Boys. I watched uh, Diamond No Ace Act 2. So uh, they came out with another season of Diamond No Ace. And so I was like, mm, I've always wanted to watch this anime. Let me catch up on all of it. <laughs> so I watched all of the previous and seasons of it and then caught up on this one. And now I'm probably going to watch more of it later tonight. But... <laughs> um, it's great. I uh, I think I might have mentioned this before, but um, the very, very first season starts off kind of annoying because you don't really know the characters very well. And the main character is like, remind me a lot of Asta from Black Clover and in the way that he's just like the loud, obnoxious boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, as they introduce more of the characters, you start feeling more attached and then now i'm really really attached to these characters <laughs> to the point that if any of them gets injured i'm like ah oh! <laughs> but um yeah act 2 is interesting because they uh for the first few seasons they kind of like take it game by game in terms of like the pacing or whatever like they they show like basically all of the game right and then act 2 they start like kind of like montaging it Mm-hmm. And I was not a fan because <laughs> I really loved seeing the all of the ma- all all the games and and how they played out and all the character exploration. Nah. Um, but uh, yeah, they started um, glossing over a lot of stuff because I guess the the scope of the team is a lot bigger now. Because at first, what they wanted to do was have the main character get you know inducted into the team, and then how how does that work out? And then it becomes Oh, we want to go to the Koshien. And then now it's like, but now we want to be like number one in Japan. <laughs> ah. Yeah. And so now the stakes are much bigger and they have lapsed a year already. So now they're getting new players into the team from like the new first year. And I am really excited. It's definitely not your kind of show at all, Soupy, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Yep. I don't like sports most of the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I I'll just say that it's a it's a well drawn sports anime slash manga. Like they, it's very very well studied. Um, so it's not like one of those like lazy kind of 
I don't know, kind of hurts to watch kind of sports anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you actually watch sports anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you like ba- if you even if you don't really like baseball, but you like kind of like shonen genre type of anime, and you don't mind a sports anime, then I highly recommend this one because this one is super popular in Japan as well for mm-hmm. you know, obvious reasons. And what's cute is that at the end of episodes they'll have like a little splash card of you know drawings and usually it's from the mangaka Mm. but sometimes it'll be from guest artists so like clamp did one and i was freaking out (laughs) (laughs) they had like a little tiny mokona on the main character's shoulder i was like freaking clamp mother ever (laughs) it was great (laughs) uh yeah that's all i have to say about it it's baseball boys i love them (laughs) nice nice all right. Uh, I think that's it then. That's all we ended up watching. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the fact that neither of us wanted to continue watching Robohachi. <laughs> we didn't. We did not want to continue, like, like, go past episode one or even explore what it might have been about once they got into the spaceship. I... Uh... I feel less than zero motivation to go back to it, to be honest, but maybe, Did I don't know. Did you hear anything about it? No, like, I heard zero about it, oh so. Oh, man. Maybe, that's I don't think I'm missing much. That's a good much. sign. Yeah. I don't think I'm missing that much, but yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up because I, I, I was, when I was writing the notes for this episode, I went yeah. back and I looked at what we started the season with, and I was like, hmm. <laughs> ah. I see. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's the only one we'll talk about specifically. If we didn't watch it, we probably didn't have time to. Oh, I did watch um the half of Hitori Bochi. Still cute, okay. still good, still funny. Okay, uh, good. Just, I don't know. The thing is, I feel like the things that we watch as a group, unless it's like super funny, we don't really watch a lot of like hard comedy shows because they they yeah. can tend to be like kind of samey. I guess. Yeah. Um. But this is definitely like a, a light show that you could definitely watch if you didn't feel like engaging with something um, that's like heavy or anything. Right. Yeah. Just just watch this cute little adventure of, of this this anxious anxiety ball girl and her friends. <laughs> yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's it. Is there anything else you would like to, to say about any of the shows that we talked about? Um, I think it was a pretty, pretty good season overall. Like I, uh, I like that we didn't have to juggle too much, you know? Yeah. It felt like a good amount. It it definitely felt like a manageable amount this season. Uh, like obviously Dororo started good last season Mm -hmm. and had a bit of a quality dip. So that's kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But, uh, Mm -hmm. One Punch Man season two ended up being good. Fruits Basket remake is great. I love it. Uh, Kimetsu <laughs> was just fucking setting my pants on fire. <laughs> uh, light them. <laughs> yeah, light them on fire. Sara's on my... I, I dearly, dearly loved. I dearly, dearly loved it. And everything about yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a good season for, like, a few specific shows that ended up being really good, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not as, like broad which is honestly good because it's less work for us 
which is kind of nice. Like, we don't engage in, like, 90% of isekai, so I feel like the next couple seasons are going to be pretty easy. What are we going to do? It's going to be yeah. me saying no to isekai, and then you being like, oh, I watched this, I read this. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I mean, let's uh, let's do some mm-hmm. housekeeping, because, you know, uh, it's been a little while since we've been together. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. So, if you were not aware, we now have a Patreon. Is that yeah. Patreon.com we, we, slash atcast. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to check it real quick just to make sure. Please check it. Oh, my God. It's at Patreon.com slash atcast. Uh, if you are listening to this at, on the day that it's released, which is all of you, except for some of you who are listening to it later, it doesn't. those people... We'll we'll see this too though, but I'm getting really tangled up in in logistics here. This, whatever, <laughs> we have a Patreon now. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, to the people who who donate to us, we're like halfway to breaking even on operating costs, which is like <gasps> wild. That's super dope. Because like I didn't even think that we would get like more than two. So that's <laughs> that's awesome. Like thanks. thank you guys so much. Thank that's you awesome. so much. If you pledge $5 or more, you can get access to the bonus content vault, which includes videos of us deciding how uh, which anime to watch, including watching the previews and reacting to them. So the first one of those is up now. <gasps> and you can go look at it. Uh, it's like, I mean, if you want to watch like an hour and a half of us and some of our friends just kind of like saying ah a lot eh, no Ugh. yes no there's a Loading. lot of stuff that doesn't look super good and like we're probably not gonna watch some of it unless someone tells us it's really good mm-hmm. uh but yeah the first the first one of those should be up by the time that mm-hmm. this is released uh mm-hmm. so definitely check that out um if you pledge ten dollars or more we'll shout out your name at the end of the podcast and <gasps> We'll send you like a postcard every now and again. We don't promise every month because that would be yeah. irresponsible. But every now and again. <laughs> uh, do we have people to shout out? We do have people to shout out. We have one person to shout out, which is Gwen, who is donating $10 or more. Thank you for supporting the podcast since, I don't know, the beginning, I think, actually. Oh, Penguin Gwen. Yeah, Penguin <laughs> Gwen. So, you know, thanks. Thanks. We'll Thank send you, you. We'll send you a postcard. That's very sweet. At some time in the future. Yeah. That's probably the last time we'll like specifically talk about the podcast. I just want uh, about the Patreon. I just wanted to do it now because we're both here now. Yeah. So yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for that. Uh, you can check out our podcast Twitter at Absolute Cast on Twitter where we mm-hmm. will post stuff mm-hmm. uh, like episode news and Maybe if I, like, am late on an episode, which I probably shouldn't be anymore, fingers crossed, because I'm not in school anymore. I don't have to do homework. You're a neat! <laughs> yeah, I'm, right now I'm a neat, so that's unfortunate, but yeah. Um, Wear it like a badge of honor. Uh, I'm tired of Earth. I'm going to become a neat in space. <laughs> I'm going to become a space neat. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Our opening is by Scott T Network, and our ending is by Takuma Okada. Thanks for listening. We everybody. didn't talk about what we're going to be up to. Well, I was going to go into that 
I uh, I guess we usually talk about the opening intro after we. Okay, what are you up to this this week? Since since we're just gonna <laughs> gonna. Well, listen, we have a lot of new things to juggle. We'll hash out how we like do the outro eventually. <laughs> I can be found on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and all that jazz at Swandron. My Instagram is swan.drawn. I'm going to be at MechaCon in a week from this recording. Hell yeah. Uh, and it's in New Orleans, which means I get to eat yummy food. And that's, I'm, oh, I'm so, so excited. jealous. I'm uh, Renny, uh, you, you do not understand how unbelievably jealous I am. <laughs> Come over, Sue. We'll go. How dare you? How dare you do this to me? A neat. Uh, a neat. And uh, yeah, I'll be over there with uh, friends, fellow artist friends. That'll be awesome. And um, I'll be sending p- suit pictures so I can make him jealous. <laughs> no. no. Why would you do yeah. this? Because you did it to me when you went to freaking Oregon. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Okay. Funny. Uh, little aside before we continue. When I was in Oregon, I found a little tiny place called like Renu Chiropractor or something, <laughs> which was right next to a a ba- like a um, like a Bon Mi place. And I was yeah. like, Renu, you didn't tell me you moved to Oregon and started a chiropractor business. I moonlight, you know. <laughs> you moonlight, you know. Okay, Girl's gotta pay your bills. I don't. <laughs> Can can I just be clear? I don't actually know mm-hmm. what your name means. My name, my 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 online handle. Yeah, I don't know what Renu <laughs> is. It's a name I made up when I was younger because I liked the sounds. Excuse me. <laughs> then why is there a chiropractor in Oregon with your name? They stole it from my younger self, Abby. <laughs> That's fucking wild. Okay, there is more than one Renu in this world. And that yep. that is shocking to me for various reasons. I'm also a contact solution. Uh, really? You know, business name as well. Yeah, there's there's Weird. it's called it's called I think it's pronounced like renew rather than like, oh, renew, but it's spelled ma- the same. That makes so. sense. But like maybe it's renew chiropractor. I guess that would make sense, too. Like renew oh, your renew your body, yeah, re- but like they renew s- your bod. <laughs> but you know they say it in the most obnoxious way possible. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. Sure. But it's you. It's really it's you, and you're branching out into both uh, contact liquid and chiropractic. Man, I'm an entrepreneur. Thing. Y'all don't even know. <laughs> what is what is the like? What is the the like verb form of chiropractic? Is it is it like chiropracting? <laughs> Chiropracticing? Chiropractor? Ah, fuck it. You're the English major. <laughs> I, I, I know. I studied the language, and it's just so bad. <laughs> Nothing in it makes sense. Like the problem is that none of the words I'm saying sound right, which is the only way I know anything in English. <laughs> anyway. Uh, is there anything else you're up to? Is that it? That's it. That's all I have in the coming weeks. Right, sick. Yep. Sick. Sick. Yep. How about you? I, as I said before, am going to be on the river when this episode releases, and it's going to be super relaxing and super yeah. fun. 
and then I have to return to real life. And actually, that's not strictly true. I have a couple of events. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, um, we threw our graduation party for me, but now all my friends are throwing theirs, so I'm going to attend all of their graduation parties. Oh. And um, that's going to be super fun, actually. I think that's that's super cute. Um, but that's kind of it. After that, it's like real life city, which is kind of a bummer. <laughs> but hey, it's okay. ho- hopefully this uh this interview that I that I did say uh goes well because if it does, that would be just a big relief on my conscience. Oh, like, you know, yeah. So yeah, that's that's all I'm up to, other than you know playing Grand Blue. Like, and by by playing Grand Blue, I mean really playing Grand Blue, like grinding to grind, grinding to grind, to grind all them purple. Yep. Violet prisms, uh, something like Purple that. Rainbow prism? prisms. I don't remember Rainbow what they're prisms? called. I d- I never want to see another one again after this. Honestly speaking, <laughs> never. But I will probably have to. Unfortunately, a lot. But it's okay. Uh, ten a day is pretty reasonable. As long as I don't do it every day, or rather, mm-hmm. as long as I do it every day, and as long as I don't have to do this thing that I'm doing too often because it's really hurting me. Um, but not as much as I thought it would be, to be honest. I thought it would be way more excruciating, and it's not, which, thank Jesus. <laughs> That's all I'm up to. Thank you so much for listening. Even if you don't support us on Patreon, just the fact that you're listening warms our, our dear little hearts. It means uh, a lot, yeah. We could not make the podcast without you, because <laughs> then we would be talking to nobody, and that would be sad. Well, you and I would be talking to each other. Into well, that's the ether. that's true. It would be it would be a nice like friend experience between us, where we would just get to <laughs> get together and talk and pretend that people listen. Oh, this is getting pretend sad. People are listening. I'm gonna, I'm, this is getting really sad. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop right now. Thank you so much for listening. I. It's been like maybe two months since we've done it. Um, this, this my, we, my, what, what did, uh, my, 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 ah, uh, fuck, I don't know. We are the Majima Construction Company. <laughs> we'll, we'll see it next time where maybe I'll have listened to it another time before we record, which is possible. That's all. Alrighty. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm gonna shut this down. <laughs>